I know, I know. You want to do the cold open. You want to start with the cold open. And I just said something that you didn't record. Do you want me to say it again then? Welcome, everybody, to another edition <laughs> of the Second Turnbuckle Podcast, where two friends shoot the shit about wrestling and a totally original idea. And Crash Andrews, how are you feeling? Oh, man. I'm glad. Uh... I'm glad that you uh, referenced shooting the shit because boy, do we ever have shit to talk about? Yeah. So we initially weren't going to do a night after WrestleMania Sunday kind of review. We were thinking about it. You're a little bit under the weather. So it's like, well, maybe. So I went and streamed on Twitch as I tend to do. Mm -hmm. And throughout that entire stream, like I talked about it for the first 20 minutes. And then throughout that entire stream, it was the only thing people could talk about tonight to the point where I messaged you and I'm like, do we just do this? Do we just go for it? And yeah, we are going to. So normally on this show, we talk about the happenings with WWE, with AEW. We talk about a little bit of history. Um, we'll leave the history aside because tonight was probably historic enough. We'll leave the AEW stuff aside because, well, that's, you know, for the most part positive. I've been enjoying the show lately. Um, you know, I, I would love to talk about Brian Danielson turning heel on the last edition of Dynamite, because I think it's going to lead to some very interesting things in the future. But we are going to talk about the buildup, not on a week by week basis, but the general buildup and the aftermath now that WrestleMania 39 is completely in the books. And I don't want to necessarily bury the lead. And 45 minutes from now, we start talking about uh, WrestleMania night two. I do think we should lead with that. It is the one that's probably most fresh in, my, in our minds and the one that we can discuss a little bit more thoroughly because there's, at least for us, I mean, for me, I'm pretty sure for you as well, and because the general reception seems to be that night one blew night two out of the water. Do you disagree with that? Night one was almost perfect as far as a pay-per-view goes, as far as emotional attachment, as far as... Just the expectation, even the surprises, it was, I mean, if this is Meltzer, that was a four-star. It wasn't a five-star, but it's damn near four-star. It was a great pay-per-view. You know what it reminded me of? The old format. Night yeah. one was NXT TakeOver, led by Triple H. Night two was Vince McMahon WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. That is what it reminded me of. And you know, we mentioned it, right? So night one. The worst of this show was a bog standard opener with Theory going over John Cena that really wasn't the big showcase for Austin Theory that it needed to be. It's just he gets a W over John Cena. That's it. How much does that mean? Who's to say? And then you had the whole Pat McAfee uh, impromptu yeah. match with The Miz, but that was fine because that served as the buffer between the main event. And I would much rather have that be the buffer then here's the six-on-six six women's divas tag match that no one cares about that we don't treat with respect anyway. I'd much rather have Pat McAfee come out there for five minutes. That's so. fair. That's fair. I never really looked at it that way, but that is... I didn't mind theory going over mm. Cena. It wasn't... Oh, me either. It wasn't the, that great of a match, but it wasn't terrible. And I mean, comparing it to what we saw tonight... <laughs> it was not terrible and, right. and leaving the big thing out the, the I would take another John Cena Austin theory 
match over a few of the matches that we saw tonight. Absolutely. Again, the the build, the match maybe didn't quite mesh, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had just, a, I guess we will quickly go through night one. We don't know where the hell this is going to lead and how long we're even going to be here. <laughs> um, Fair. Night one had the uh, four team men's tag match the showcase thing. That was it was fine. It was fun, right? It was like, OK, this is I mean, I don't mean to say it condescendingly. This is the type of match they just have on Dynamite all the time. Where it's like, fuck it, just go out here and do cool shit for eight minutes. Right. And yeah, it, wor- it worked, you know, to get people on the card. There was some cool stuff, you know, uh, Gable hitting Strowman with the German. Like, it was fine. I mean, certainly better than these two matches were certainly better than the night two's first two matches. It yes. wasn't even close. Yeah, I would I would even throw Dawkins in there that it really elevated when mm. we've really seen his partner get a lot of spotlight Dawkins really came out of this match. I thought uh, far more ahead than, than where they were in, in the street po- profits winning. It, it was the right decision. I think either that or the alpha Academy, I would have been okay with, but they're already mm. splitting those two up. So it, it was the right result. Rollins over Logan Paul, which was exactly what people thought it would be. It was really fun. Uh, the KSI, Cameo appearance was perfectly done. Just a really good match. The right winner, yeah, which is crucial for how WrestleMania 39 played out. But <laughs> I don't see how anyone could complain about the Rollins Logan Paul match either. I hate Logan Paul. Same. But if if I hadn't seen Night Two, and I'm I'm you're probably noticing my my volume is a little softer. I'm angry, but it's also late and I've got kids in the house. Um, if I hadn't seen night two and I knew that the SmackDown that's coming to Calgary, Logan Paul was going to be on it. I would probably actually buy tickets to see him live at this point. We've hmm. talked about him being the rookie and how much experience he has. doesn't matter anymore. He has proven himself. He did before and he maintained it. And kudos to both of them for putting on a, uh, an amazingly entertaining match. Trish Lee to Becky over damage control was perfectly fine. No problems <sighs> with it. Solid. I mean, in terms of it being like this type of next level thing, not really, but it was fine for what it was. No complaints. Trish um, can still get it. I'm going to I'm going to be the <laughs> creepy old man. Uh, wow. I mean, but also, age. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't like the fact that the belts are on Becky and Lita right now. Uh, and it's something to you alluded to earlier. They're, they're just throwing people together. And I think damage control was the only tag team they really have established and haven't had since the iconics. Um, like it just seems like we don't have anything for you. So you and you, we got nothing. You're a tag team now. And I hate that. Like, let's start establishing, put them together and establish them as a tag team, not just wrestler A versus wrestler B. But also don't have somebody who hasn't wrestled, maybe has only wrestled once in the last 10 years for WWE. If and I think I'm being generous with the 10 years. Um, comes in and, and wins a title. I've got a problem with that. But on the same token, it was kind of a way to get Becky not to face Bailey and still put focus on one group 
against some legends, which they always bring the legends out at, at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, again, I, I saw no fault in the match, but the buildup and, and how we got here, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of, to be honest. Well, the first four matches there, the only one that really had a successful buildup was Rollins and Paul. Um, until you get to the Mysterios match, which was fantastic, obviously. Oh. I mean, I was, perfect, I was essentially very happy with that. I was laughing so hard I was crying that uh, Dom coming out with the police was <laughs> so good. Totally Absolutely sets up amazing. with the finish involving Bad Bunny. It sets up what they're going to be doing in Puerto Rico at Backlash. So, mm-hmm. hey, smart move there. That show will do tremendously well in Puerto Rico with Bad Bunny Wrestling. And then another match that had a shit build. Rhea versus Charlotte. But I think as most people expected... You got to the actual match. Pfft, Jesus, one of should have been should have been the main event. And I get why it wasn't. And I get why, you know, the storyline, the bloodline and everything like that. But when you look back, I would have rather seen that match finish off WrestleMania than the payoff to the bloodline and Sammy and, and uh, Kevin Owens. Just because I think there was still a little bit of a hint that that flair could have gone over, but they just beat each other up, which is amazing, especially, and I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that, but especially for a women's match to be that physical was fantastic. And that's what you got to do at WrestleMania. You got to leave it all out there. And both of them did. And even the, the, the look afterwards at flair sitting and laughing, like she, I think she got caught up in the moment of like, we actually did something here. It wasn't just a match. It was actually something that both of them could be proud of. And like I said, I think I think that should have gone. But I get why it wasn't with the yeah. buildup of everything else. And that main event tag title match was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was the exact ending that it should have been. Imagine that. Wait, wait. So the emotional investment the fans put in over the past year and a half with Sami Zayn and the bloodline yeah. actually got a payoff. Is that what you're telling me? The emotional attachment actually had a decent payoff on the grandest yes. stage of them all. Yeah. Imagine WrestleMania not being used as a, a starting point of a story. It's used as the climax of a story. And, and the feel good for the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's WrestleMania. It's the grandest stage of them all. This is why Sammy lost in Montreal to have this moment, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. You're going to make me cough, you jerk. (sighs) Night two. Significantly worse. Okay. Just before you keep going there, I wanted to ask you really quickly. Because we've talked about how bad night two was a couple times, and we're going to get to a completely different topic that everybody knows we're going to get to. Does WrestleMania need a second night anymore? Because traditionally, I'm trying to think if there has been a second night of WrestleMania that has been better than the first. Now, the main event has always, uh, main event has been decent, uh, present day excluded. But I, I kind of feel like night one captures that emotion, captures that like, oh, it's WrestleMania. And then night two, we look at it and go, Wow, it's not really the same as night one. Granted, this one didn't earn 
anything that uh, that night one did. But does WrestleMania need a second night at this point? So I was looking at the cards, 16 matches in total. Mm -hmm. In my estimation, you could have had a card with eight matches. Yep. That still would be leaving John Cena off the show. It'd be leaving Brock Lesnar off the show. Um, And the issue with eight matches, you give them all proper time. You have to find something else as a buffer segment, which could be promos, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say no. They would just have to rework how they do pacing. But then again, uh, their pacing for pay-per-views nowadays is to have 17 minutes of ads because of the Peacock deal uh, right. in between matches. But I, I would say no. I mean, I, I think, you know, from night one, Rollins and Paul, Mysterio's Ripley Flair main event tag match of the four. And then I think there are another clear four that you could have taken from this card. Yeah. IC title match, the other women's title match, Hell in a, Hell Cell, in a Cell, undisputed, you know, the main event. Yeah. You have it just be with those eight matches. You know, you have, the, you have the recipe for success. You still have to fucking deliver. Yeah. But you got the recipe for success. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I uh, night two, I think, has always traditionally been the night where you go, Night one was great. What are they going to do next? But then you have mm. that buffer of 24 hours, give or take. Uh, obviously, like, what, 20 hours to go about your day. And then WrestleMania starts up again, and you're waiting for that that feeling again. And especially when they put a stinker out for the first match. You know, yeah. It, so it doesn't start off well. Night two started off pretty poorly. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five minutes, Lesnar over Omos. It's exactly what you knew it would be. Uh, honestly, the build sucked. It's Again, a match that shouldn't have happened. You teased Brock Lesnar and Gunter at Wrestle or at uh, Royal Rumble, and then you went this direction instead. For Gunter, it worked out very well. For Brock, it's sell for three minutes. German suplex act five. Get the win. Thanks for the paycheck. Hold on. Complete. Hold on. So. Worthless, what? worthless match on the Mania card, aside from star power. So one finisher finished off that match. Imagine. I know, I know what the answer is, but yeah, it's WrestleMania. You kick out of finishers, except in this match. Yeah. Um, the women's tag team showcase. You know, they tried, they mm-hmm. tried, but I, mm-hmm. it's because of the state of the women's tag division. This was a SmackDown match. Mm-hmm. They tried. I'm not saying it's, you know, like, oh, they're all ter-. No, they're not. But this isn't a position to necessarily succeed, you know? And given <laughs> some of the talents involved, I mean, yeah, they're 825 compared to the men's 830 from the night before. It's just, it wasn't going to work out. If you don't have creative for somebody, don't force them into a match at WrestleMania. Just saying. The card did pick up from there. With Gunter, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre, triple threat for the Intercontinental title. Big, meaty men slapping, slapping meat. <laughs> I mean, you can't hate on this match. It's, it's no. exactly as advertised. It was fantastic. And again, it's something that it's like, okay, the best of both nights. I mean, yeah, this makes that that reduced size card if it was a one night show. And yeah, this is, uh, you know, probably the best match on night two. 
I've got no argument against that. And so being the old cranky guy on this podcast, the only the only thing that I can say in this one is I don't like when heavyweight champions go back and go after the mid titles. I get sooner or later like Sheamus needs something. And the fact that they were pushing that he hasn't won the IC title, so that's something he's going after. Seth Rollins had, had done it in the past. Um, trying to think who else. But yeah, it was like, okay, that's the thing that's missing from a future Hall of Fame career. I get that. Uh, McIntyre, uh, I don't know if he belonged in this match, being a champion a year, two years ago. Oh no, I guess three years ago, because Brock or um, Roman Reigns has held the title for almost a thousand days, Toogie. Um, I, yeah. I just don't like when former champions go back after the mid mid titles. It just, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. But if you've got nothing for them and you put them in a situation where they can elevate a younger talent who is on the road to a heavyweight championship sooner or later, perfect ending, perfect, perfect result. Another match that had a terrible build, delivered in the ring, wrong result as Bianca retains over Asuka. Uh, yeah. And I believe the stat was, I think Asuka is still, she's still winless at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm going to get confirmation over that. Yeah. But this was Asuka's. Yeah, because she uh, lost the streak at WrestleMania against Flair. Yeah, so she was the runner-up in the Rumble this year. Obviously, Rhea Ripley won that particular Rumble. Uh, um, third. She finished third last. Oh, that's right. You're right. Oscar. Liv Morgan was uh, yeah. second there. But again, you know, she returns, has this big moment. Everything is looking, everything is looking pretty good. And then, <laughs> you know, here it's like, okay, this is, this is the one, right? It's gotta be. And no. And looking at it. Her first WrestleMania loses to Charlotte, WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. WrestleMania 36 loses the women's tag titles alongside Kyrie Sane to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. WrestleMania 37 loses the Raw women's title to Rhea Ripley. WrestleMania 39 loses to Bianca Belair. Was one year reign continues with that title. Uh, Bianca Belair is fantastic, man. If she's not dropping this belt to Oscar, who the fuck is she dropping it to? Unless you move right. into like a unification setting with her and Rhea Ripley. And I mean, this was one that I'm okay with how it went. It just didn't have the pizzazz of a Bianca Belair WrestleMania match. She didn't whip with the hair. She didn't pick somebody up outside the ring and carry them inside the ring. It And it didn't really, it just, it seemed sloppy. Uh, none of the moves really connected properly or, you know, they fumbled a little bit or whatever. So, yeah, the interest kind of dropped off a little bit for me. But uh, this is one where probably the same as the next match we're going to talk about. Could have gone either way and I wasn't really offended. So, as a buffer between the women's title match and <coughs> Hell in a Cell, 
Okay, so the match after this match. Yeah. They had The Miz and Snoop Dogg back in the ring. Now, again, the night before, The Miz is out there with Snoop Dogg. It leads to the Pat McAfee, George Kittle stuff, whatever. Tonight, it leads to The Miz being set up against... L.A. Knight. So, funny enough, Crash, it was not L.A. Knight, despite the fact that The Miz got the crowd to essentially chant yes. Which you would think, yes, yeah, leads uh, right into L.A. Night. You would think. I, I, I was thinking Daniel Bryan, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. So who comes out but the returning <laughs> Shane McMahon? Go on. Now look. I mean, growing up as a kid, yeah, Shane, Shane was awesome. There was the whole debacle at last year's Royal Rumble where it's like, shit, he might never be seen again. Because he tried to push himself, tried to push himself in a in a favorable position. Yeah. Despite not being a main roster guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look. I'm not trying to take shots at the guy. I don't think he should have been in this position. Nope. He goes for a leapfrog on the Miz and his fucking knee just goes. So. It's actually come out that it was his quad. He (sighs) absolutely tore his quad in a perfect uh, thank you to his dad at a pay-per-view. Like family, it's it's hereditary. Triple H did it. His dad did it. Yeah. The the fact that it's his quad, like, look, there is some humor in that. How fucking embarrassing and frustrating does that have to be in front of seventy five thousand people to fucking blow a quad like that? Um, They recovered relatively well. Good improvisation with Snoop Dogg uh, hitting the second worst people's elbow of all time. (laughs) Vince is still the winner of that one, and it's the people's elbow that was mo-capped for no mercy. Um, Just weird. You have Asuka losing, Mm -hmm. then this, and then the Hell in a Cell. Now, I want to start off. I cringed immediately. Okay. When Edge's Titan Tron says Brood, Brood Edge. Edge. I, I was th- I was wondering if that was going to come up. Fuck, that was so just why? We get it. Like you've he's done the Brood entrance before. It's a badass enough entrance with the fire fucking Slayer is playing at WrestleMania. That's bad enough. Oh, it's just darker. It's such a WWE thing. It's just darker. Eat a mysterious brood edge. He's digging deep down inside himself to go to a dark place. I, fuck, until he I gets, hate it. In, until he gets in the ring and then it's just edge. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no difference. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Finn Balor comes out with his fucking purple flares that he's just fucking doing a dance routine with to make the smoke look cool. If I'm if I'm John Morrison, I am suing for copyright infringement. Oh my god. So look, this match. The Hell in a Cell to me, and I said this on Twitter, is a dead gimmick yeah. in the PG era. Because all this match is is an ex- a WWE style extreme rules match with a little bit of extra dressing. And yeah. that is but they're in a cell. 
they're not going to go to that point of it living up to the reputation that the cell has. The cell is only around at this stage as a legacy option, as a toy. Yeah, that is all it is. I'm glad it wasn't bright red anymore. That was nice. But in terms of what that match is supposed to stand for versus the product that it tends to be inside of the cell for over 10 years now, that it's not a selling point to me anymore. Um, Was I more interested in the match? Yes. But was it like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this match. No. And to your point. You know, I, I, I fucking love Edge, but an Edge match is an Edge match at this point. I'm so glad he can have an Edge match. Yes. But it is just an Edge match. And this match, unfortunately, going well. And then Edge throws a ladder at Finn Balor's head that split his fucking skull open. He put up a picture of this on Twitter. Oh, I saw it. Apparently, he had some staples put in so he could at least finish the match. But again, to that idea, a severe cut with some blood. And in fairness, who knows how severe, but a cut with blood and they have to they have to put the brakes on. Inside Hell in a Cell, they have so to wait. put the brakes on. And and this makes sense, but they put staples in ringside? Are you yes. kidding me right now? That's the word. That is... Okay, so I saw this match, and like I said, uh, I'm not offended by the result, but no. the best comparison I can give heading into the match was Shinsuke Muda. Who needs this match more? Yeah. And to me, coming out with the demon, coming out with the old theme song, there's no judgment day. This is the opportunity for Finn Balor to get back on track. And he lost. And to me, that was, I'm, I'm again, for all the, I mean, the, the Beth Phoenix stuff with the concerto and all of that stuff, this was kind of just the, the revenge match for, for Edge, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, even though the Falls Count Anywhere match kind of was as well. Yeah. But this was a way to get Judgment Day out of it, and it's just one-on-one. But I, uh, there was part of me that was hoping that Finn was going to go over because it, it returned him not to Rhea Ripley's uh, third piece because judgment day now is Rhea Ripley and, and Dominic Finn's lost and she's uh, Damien priest has got no direction right now. Uh, it'll most likely be him and Dominic against Ray and bad bunny in Puerto Rico. And I can't imagine Dominic and uh priest winning that match. No, so. but again, I'm not pissed off that edge won this match because I'm a fan. But mm-hmm. I was really hoping that uh, that Finn would they would put this on Finn to get him back as like the badass and like okay he can go to this place. Let's get him back to being like a like Prince Devitt or mm-hmm. NXT Finn, not the guy who just jumps around with a purple bandana like an idiot. So, I I do tend to agree with this. Um, you know Finn Balor. Like I said, I give them credit for continuing the match. I respect the WWE's mm-hmm. desire to play it safe and protect their performers. 
but you don't put them in a situation like that where it also ruins what the match is supposed to be. Yeah, that um, match is supposed to have blood. Yes. Now, so it's the fans not turned on it to that point. It's not ladder thrown to the head and busted open for six inches or whatever that gash was. But on the same token, if you walk out of hell in the cell and nobody's bleeding, you've done it wrong. Yeah. Um, I'll say this too. Finn Balor and the judgment, uh, they lose every fucking time with the except of Rhea Ripley. Dominic mm-hmm. lost. Finn Balor loses again. They're, they're the comedy be, act. They're the comedy yeah. act of WWE right now. Again, the story, it was right. Like, oh, Edge gets his revenge. But, you know, Finn Balor wins this. And a certain result we're going to talk about in a minute is different. Yeah. You could have Finn Balor be a challenger for that title sometime between now and SummerSlam. So even even with that multiverse scenario. Yeah. There was never a um acknowledgement, no pun intended, of the last time we saw the demon where he revived himself and went up to the top rope and the top rope broke and Roman Reigns wins. It's like, okay, that happened. Moving on. You know, uh, there's the... I used the term, and I think I've used it before, but wrestling logic just absolutely doesn't make any sense to me that something that could happen like that was the end of a feud. That brings us to the main event. And the only defense of it that people have is to say that well, it's not the end of a feud. You can't have the first match be the... the, Okay. I said as much, I still think as much a few hours later. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes represents to me the biggest bag fumble in the history of the WWE. Until somebody points out a different example to me I cannot, despite being a wrestling fan my entire life, I cannot think of another instance that comes to mind. Even the idea of like, well, when the streak first ended, it's like you could consider that. But rather quickly, we learned that, hey, Taker was concussed. And rather quickly, you know, by SummerSlam, Brock had been propelled to where he should have been. I mean, they fumbled the bag on him up to that point, I should say. Um yeah, Brock did pretty well for himself after when all of us were saying, like, somebody else should have gotten it. He's established. Yeah. He actually turned into a monster. So looking back at that, again, no issues with... He's still riding that wave with the company to this day, even though it's it's finally settling. Yeah. Um. So this match, I had been writing down my thoughts as it was going on. This was a, it, this was a fantastic match. So in terms of WWE main event. Yes. Them framing the picture, the atmosphere, it feels like a big deal. Yep. I don't remember the last time a Mania main event felt like this. Probably WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan winning. 
it might be even older than that. Maybe 26, I'd, Sean's I'd, retirement match. No, I'd, I'd say Roxena. Yeah. I'd, I'd put it Roxena one, because <laughs> those were, and there's a legend coming back, right? Um, yeah. But that was a match you didn't think that you would have seen. And I'll get to this point in detail, more detail, I'm sure, later on, but this was WWE versus AEW, in my mind. Like, looking back at it now. Hmm. Like, it's a match that you shouldn't have seen. Whether Cody stayed, he was always going to be a mid-carder at best in the eyes of, of WWE. Mm-hmm. He goes away, builds himself, comes back. I think, just even sitting here right now thinking about it, this was doomed as soon as Roman Reigns talked about how he wasn't even the top guy in his own company. Then it became WWE versus AEW. That is the only justification I have for what we're going to get into. Hmm. The buildup was solid. The feeling, the entrances. You could feel the momentum leading up to this show, right? I kind of mentioned build here and there. Yep. Every week on Twitter, on Reddit, every week, Cody Rhodes' entrance gets its own thread, and everyone's freaking out. The woes from mm-hmm. the crowd are getting louder every single week. Cody returned a year ago, has the feud with Rollins, tears his tit, comes back, wins the Rumble, getting more and more over while this bloodline story is going on. Mm-hmm. And you sacrifice. Drew McIntyre in the UK. Mm-hmm. You sacrifice Sami Zayn in Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's right there. The crowd is fucking electric. You have the opportunity to cement WrestleMania 39 as one that will consistently be up there as the most highly touted of all time. I genuinely believe that if you look at the two nights combined, a lot of people would forgive the second night being a bit more poor because of the intercontinental triple threat. And because of this main event delivering Cody Rhodes entrance, that place goes fucking nuts. He walks down with his family uh, at, at ringside, gives his weight belt to Brody jr. Negative one. WWE opened the the forbidden door. They sure did. (laughs) Roman Reigns comes out. Six and a half minute entrance. Eat your heart out, Mark Calloway. Yeah. But it just by the time that bell rung fever pitch from the crowd, it is to a T. Oh, it's like WWE perfection. Yes. The drama, the atmosphere. No other wrestling company, Sans New Japan Wrestle Kingdom main event at the Tokyo Dome, especially some of those, you know, like Naito challenging for the belt, Okada Tanahashi. There are very few companies that can even get close mm-hmm. to this atmosphere. And even then, I'd say WWE in this specific instance for the majority of this match is number one. And it has everything you'd suspect. The bells and whistles, the interference, the ref bumps, the finisher spam and kick out. You finally have Roman in a mania main event. 
where people aren't rejecting him. You mm-hmm. can even argue the Edge Daniel Bryan one from a couple of years ago might have been that way, but this was the first big one where this is what you've always wanted was Roman Reigns main event of WrestleMania and no one's rejecting him. It's not apathy of like, Oh fuck. Roman Reigns is in the main event. You have spent three years building this up. You have spent three years while sacrificing other baby faces that people believed in. You have sacrificed three years of buildup invested that time for there to be that new successor, that new top mm-hmm. baby face that people actually accept because that is what they have struggled with for so long. The top baby face that people accept and root for and get behind. John Cena wasn't able to capture that magic for all that long. Mm-hmm. That was lightning in a bottle before that crowd turned pretty quick. I'd even I'd even throw out there that it's it's a guy that's there every day doing the promotion at every show. Mm-hmm. Jumped over to SmackDown, um, carries the torch like the perfect guy you want running your brand and being your champion. Mm-hmm. Especially when both belts are on a guy. Yeah, like the this was this was gift wrapped with a bow a cherry on top, whatever you want to put on there. Like this was, I hate to use the term, but like it was destiny. It was, it was one of the most amazing setups in the buildup and in the match for just an amazing and amazing moment. Solo Sokoa, who was ejected from ringside earlier in the match, Comes back out through the crowd wearing a hoodie. Hits hey, hold the on, hold on. Spike. Before that. Before because that. I will say there was a moment halfway through when I looked at my son and I said, if Cody hits the bionic elbow and wins, I am going to cry. <laughs> and and I'll, be, I'll be honest. They're, the only other time I've cried at professional wrestling was when Edge came back. Mm. Because it was... It, it it wasn't given away. It was a surprise. And everything that he's been through and led up to when he came back at Royal Rumble, I actually had tears of joy. Mm-hmm. I actually I had a man cry do. during his yeah. entrance. And I, and I started to feel that I'm like, if he hits just the bionic elbow would have been perfect chef's kiss. Mm. So he hits all of a sudden they're exchanging the punches and I go, the bionic elbow's coming. Cody's going to get control and he's going to get those three punches or, you know, it's back and forth. And then all of a sudden somebody, I'm like, I can feel it. It's coming. Bionic elbow drops to his back and does the gold dust slap or gold dust punch. Mm. And I'm like, crossroads, beautiful chef's kiss. Hits crossroads, picks him up again, hits crossroads again. And then I will let you continue with your uh description because i to me that was a very important part had the pin come after that it would have been to me the second most amazing finish outside of seth rollins heist of the century which is one of my favorite wrestlemania moments of all time solo sokoa hits the samoan spike roman reigns hits a spear one two three 
and you could hear a pin drop in that stadium after, you know, the initial gasp, the reaction from everyone of like, what the fuck just happened? Um, look, I will, again, still label this as the biggest bag fumbling. Perhaps in company history. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, this was gift wrap. Now you throw this away. For what would have been renowned as one of the best main events ever. Mm -hmm. What did you throw it away for? They don't have anything. Cheap shock value? Yes. How is that worth it? It's It's not. not. Trying to extend the story. How is that worth it? If it results in Cody Rhodes winning anyway. But we wait anywhere from six months to another year for it. Instead of at Wrestle fucking Mania. I'm sorry. I don't view that as worth it. In the same way that I thought New Japan waited too long for Tetsuya Naito to win the title. Crash, I know you're not a big New Japan guy. I'm, I'm nodding in agreement. <laughs> the fans were massively behind Naito. And it was... It's his time. And they waited another year. God, was it two? And it was a great moment when he finally got it. But it wasn't the all-timer. Mm-hmm. That all-time legendary reaction to end a show. Like this would have been. What are you extending this for? For Jey Uso to be the one? Why? So so if, if Sami Zayn's not ready out of Montreal, which at the time I thought, you know what? Great match. He wasn't winning it. They don't see him as the guy. Because they're saving it for Cody. Right. Yeah. Or Jey Uso or whoever. Yeah. And to me, the way they handled that, because it wasn't just like two moves and it was done. There was, you know, there was the buildup and you could kind of see things returning and everything like that. I just, if, if Sami Zayn wasn't the guy at the height, and he's still hot, but if Sami Zayn wasn't the guy in Montreal, how was Jay Uso the guy at any point going forward? I you don't know. care what this like the story. You can write whatever story for it to make sense, wrestling logic, but you just went for home runs twice and struck out because you guessed the wrong pitch. It it's just it it floors me that these guys are professional writers. These guys are professional um, creators of a world that we go to to escape, and they fucking play with us. And it's they they challenge our loyalty with our intelligence. So as you said, Solo Sokoa got kicked out of the match, which means they shouldn't come back. They never come back. Um, Cody Rhodes hits the perfect combination to end the match. And it would have been like, there wouldn't have been a dry eye in the house. Sokoa comes back, interferes with the match. And instead of, uh, 10 finishers in like the last two minutes, Mm. it's a mid Carter's at best finisher and a spear that already been kicked out by a guy who just went through what I've called three and a half uh, finishers. Hmm. 
The ref counts to three, has an opportunity to look around, sees, I'm sure he saw Solo Sequoia there. Like, how do you not restart the match? That's what, a lot keeping... of, that's what a lot of people were saying, right? Like, and that's honestly what I thought it was going to be at first, was yeah. the classic dusty finish of it looks like Cody loses, but another ref runs down and said Solo interfered, restart, crowd goes fucking nuts, Cody yep. wins, and then they fucking explode again. God, what a what an amazing, another amazing nod to the old man. What, uh-huh. I didn't even think about the dusty finish. Yeah. Um. So I'm sitting there watching with my son. Yeah. And it's unfair for me to say that this feels different as a father because of the storyline, because I grew up watching Dusty Rhodes. I, we did, uh, I've said it many times on the podcast, we didn't have access to WCW NWA up here in good old Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, until like the Nitro era, like pre-NWO, just before NWO. And uh, so I saw Dusty go to WWF and wear yellow and black polka dots. And to me, again, that was evincing, fuck you to WCW, the fuck you to NWA. You know, you're a WWE guy now. And the guy killed it. The guy came in and was the American dream and never got to the height of his previous work. He was in the other companies, but he made chicken salad out of chicken shit. Like, it was a, the admiration I have for Dusty Rhodes because of what he went through in WWE, WWF at the time, and then stayed with the company and created some of the, the biggest stars they've ever had is just amazing. So I'm sitting there with my son and everything goes down and I'm about to get happy emotional again. Spear or Moen uh, Spike, Spear. One, two, three. And I have this moment of like, how do I explain this to my son? This is something that we've bonded over. This is something that we've invested in. And I'm pissed. I'm unhappy with the result. And then I look at my son. And he's in tears. Now he's 12. You know, you kind of expect it from kids. He, you know, he hasn't really experienced that kind of disappointment in sports. But I am more upset at the emotional investment now that I put in and now that my son has put in and the disappointment of all of this based on that. I'm now carrying the burden of two people. So I I basically said, like, we can still be fans of Cody, but I think we're done with WWE. Like, there's there. Like, to that point. You know, this isn't the situation of like, oh, you got you got swerved, bro, and you're mad that you thought you were smart and you're not like it's not that situation. No, this was what what professional wrestling is supposed to be. Yes, there there has been for 30 years, if not longer, there are cool heels that are going to get good support, you know, and that was noticeable. I mean, certainly uh, in the 90s, 
I mean, you think about yeah. Diesel was still a heel, but wrecking shop at the Rumble, Sid, and obviously Austin comes along. But for the most part, the foundation of professional wrestling is built upon the idea of boo the bad guy, cheer the good guy, get invested in wanting to see the good guy win and overcome. Mm-hmm. And again, for the first time in a long time, you have pretty much the guy. You know, again, Drew losing at Clash at the Castle, you know, as questionable of a decision as that was, it's still, well, Drew did have it before, mm-hmm. you know, uh, probably Mania. And then the Sami Zayn stuff continues. And at Montreal, it's like, okay, uh, it, it's got to be Cody then. Like, you can't forego these two great opportunities from Drew and Sammy and then spurn this one, especially as the weeks go on. Cody wins the Rumble. Like, it's just one of those things where I simply cannot agree. And who knows? Maybe it does work out. And the bottom line is they'll come up with something that some people will be happy with. The bottom line is financially, they're going to be perfectly fucking fine. They are the most financially successful they have ever been. Uh, By the time this podcast is out, who knows? They may have indeed been sold uh, to Endeavor, who will then uh, essentially under one company house the WWE and the UFC. They are fine. They are, again, as successful as they have ever been. But from a creative standpoint, there's only so many times, and people can be like, oh, people complain, you'll still watch. That's not always true. And that, there, there's proof in the pudding. The, the numbers are out there. It's not just a matter of cord cutters, etc. There are people who do legitimately stop watching. Mm-hmm. And there have been these eras of, well, people stopped watching during Triple H's reign of terror. People stopped watching when John Cena, LOL Cena wins. There will be people who do, and is it a huge enough number to actually impact them? Probably not, especially if they're about to sell for $9 billion. But you can sit there and be like, oh, well, you'll watch tomorrow. There are people who will legitimately stop watching, or they'll stop watching little by little, and then eventually, oh, it's it's just not a habit anymore. When you betray that investment, it can happen. And I know for me, Crash, when we started this show last mm-hmm. fall, I wasn't all that into WWE. You know that. Yep. And it was like, okay, well, we got to talk about it because the Bray Wyatt stuff's going on. Talk about a payoff for your investment. But as it went on and as we kept talking, I'm like, you know, man, this Bloodline shit is pretty damn good. And I got invested. I had no plans on watching WrestleMania. And then as the day came, I'm just like, you know, I care. I want to watch. They got me. The motherfuckers. Morally, I still think they're pretty despicable in a lot of ways. But motherfuck, from a from an interest standpoint, for the first time in four years, I watched WrestleMania the night of WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, 2019. Yep. Um, night one, I'm like, ah, shit. Night two, let's do this. And I know for me, like, is it like, oh, am I looking forward to Raw tomorrow? No. Oh, but this guy might show uh, Cameron Grimes might show. Uh, I don't care. Biggie. Because why? Jay White. I love like, Jay White. I don't care. Yeah. Because what is the point of getting invested if the stage where you're supposed to deliver these payoffs, you consistently do not deliver the payoffs? 
It's not a matter of like you're just mad that the heel won. No. Again, heel winning, cheating to win. That's all well and good. Eventually, there has to be a payoff. And this is either in terms of where this leads. Oh, he'll have a thousand day reign. Cool. Oh, well, eventually it'll get to the point where now Roman's going to be so much more of a dick because the Usos lost. And then the Usos are going to slowly drift away. And then the solo might turn too. And then finally, when Roman has lost everything, then he loses the title to Jay Uso. SummerSlam? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but to me, you get the refresh of Cody Rhodes as world champion, and then you get to still do that aftermath mm-hmm. of what do the Usos do now? What does Sola Sokoa do now that the bloodline no longer have titles? What happens next? That is a hell of a lot more interesting to me than wherever the hell they're going. Yeah, it's just that's from- just what it is. Again, I I do not see the big deal at all in one thousand days as champion. Yeah. For the simple fact of it's a fake. Uh, not in terms of the wrestling standpoint. It is a a fictional fucking number. Yes. Because it's always with the caveat of modern day. Because the bottom line is, you look up list of reigns for these titles, you're not fucking touching Bruno, Bruno San Martino. No. So can we stop pretending like 1,000 days for the modern era? It's this huge... It's fucking not... Like, it's not. Ooh, a thousand days. Bruno San Martino held the title for 2,803 fucking days. The and fuck? They, didn't, they barely even had there? TV back then. Like, you could, you could justify it because you didn't see him every... Yeah. You didn't see him for five hours every week. Hulk Hogan. Held the WWF title for 1,474. Are we now going to shift the goalpost and be like, well, now we can't have Roman lose it at 1,010 days. He's got to get to 1,474 to be better than Hulk Hogan. Like, are we just going to keep doing this? It's, if, it's, if Roman gets to 1,000, I will be more pissed off. Oh, he's going to because he's not that far away. Like, basically, he'll take yeah, he's 45 days off. away. Yeah, he, he's got it. So cool. Oh, cool. He hit a thousand. Woo. It's that much more of a legendary reign instead of, you know what makes it a legendary reign? How it ends. Mm-hmm. That people cared about how it ended. Are pe- and again, time will tell. Are people going to care more about how it's going to end whenever it does versus how it could have ended at WrestleMania 39? The odds are against them that they will be able to make people care more. If it is Cody at SummerSlam in England. Well, no, SummerSlam's not in England. SummerSlam's in uh, uh, Money in the Bank is in England, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say SummerSlam 2023. Detroit. Detroit. Field in Detroit. Yeah. So maybe Cody pulls a John Cena and drives the car into Ford Field. (laughs) I mean... Look, maybe Cody wins it at SummerSlam. Maybe it does work out. But the bottom line is, for some, 
you do not get benefit of the doubt. You just don't at this stage. This uh, again, it if they pull it off, if they pull it off and it turns out, yep, shit by SummerSlam, whatever people are invested, cool. Um, but again, short term at the very least, and I can't help but think long term, this still feels like a gigantic, gigantic bag fumble. Yeah. I, so for me, there's two things. One is this was Sting Triple H. This was, uh, everybody who came over in the invasion angle. Which I get, you didn't have the big guys, but like for the most part, WWE went over WCW at that point. Um, Sting Triple H didn't need NWO versus DX. And honestly, the fact that Sting was prepared to wrestle the next day should have meant Sting went over Triple H as far as I'm concerned. And Anytime WWE has a chance to crap on another company, they do it. So to me, as I said before, I think this was very much putting AEW in their place. Now Cody Rhodes is a WWE guy. Mm. But I've said a hundred times, do not insult our intelligence. If the plan was for Roman Reigns to win, which according to Fightful, it's been in place for about two weeks. Um, and how that match ended. Just take the last five minutes of that match when the Osuos came in, when Sammy and Kevin Owens came in, uh, the return of Solo Sokoa, and the perfect ending to the shitty ending was an absolute insult to our intelligence as human beings. So, and that's where I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off that my son went from an ultimate high to an ultimate low. That's going to happen. I can't protect him from that. But it's being a fan, sitting there, knowing the general rules of a sport that is predetermined and made up. And the people who present that don't. And they don't follow it. And I'm glad I don't pay for it anymore. I don't pay for, I'll be honest, I don't pay for pay-per-views anymore. Um, I still feel like I was robbed out of my wallet on this one. Like it just, I don't like feeling like an idiot when I did nothing wrong, when I had no control over the situation other than getting invested and yeah, it just, this one stunk. This one absolutely stunk. I, I fully agree with you that even if they rectify it tomorrow. It doesn't. Now it feels cheap. There's there's really no fix on this one. The Simone, the Simone spike, pardon me, the Simone spike and the spear to end it was absolute bullshit compared to the rest of that five minutes. Everything that happened in that last five minutes. And it was just. Just a, I don't know. I'm, uh, I've never been this pissed off. Uh, I have, because I lost one of my favorite wrestlers on the on the watch 
of this company. And mm. they continued the show. And that Fair. should have been when I ended it. And then when they fucked around on his brother on a live pay-per-view, that's when I should have ended it. But I, I've got no interest in giving time or money to that company anymore. Because now, now they make me feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to say like one is bigger than the other because obviously a loss of life is a loss of life. But mm. to, to toy with my emotion and my intelligence, they're basically saying that they don't care about their, their viewers. They don't. And we've talked about it too many times on this podcast. So as you said, like there are going to be people, if you're going to go and watch tomorrow, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. Not telling anybody to not watch. Um, they're, they're coming to look. Calgary uh, in August for a SmackDown. I wanted to take my son to a live taping. That's not going to happen. We looked at each other. I, like I said, we can be Cody fans, but I think we're done with WWE. And he agreed. We'll go to AEW. They're far more entertaining and less insulting to the intelligence of their audience. And how often is it? Like, again, it's one thing to have a baby face lose. It's another thing when you have been spending now a year framing this guy to be the next guy. And then he loses. And AEW will have a baby face lose. Brian Danielson lost to MJF at their last pay-per-view. It would have been the, the equivalent would have been Hangman Page failing to beat Kenny Omega uh, for the world title when, when that happened. Um, you know, of course, Paul Levesque, Triple H, host press conference. Oh, the, uh, we just got to the end of a chapter. The story continues, and uh, that's where the story gets interesting to me. Well, I'm good. It's inter- I'm glad it's interesting to Paul. Yep. Um, and to whoever else finds it interesting, but I, I just genuinely cannot believe that a company that struggles. For pure baby faces that don't get a device. You struggled for years with Roman Reigns to get people to cheer him. You did everything that you could. The only way to do it was to turn him into a badass heel. Mm -hmm. But then here's Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes, if there's a negative reaction, it's a 99 positive to one. In every fucking arena, on this build-up to WrestleMania, since he came back at the Rumble, you you had it right there. That is the type of guy that you love to be the face of the company, and you didn't do it. It's not Sami Zayn, because okay, you could see why they wouldn't want him to be the big champion. Sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some habits and um, generalizations never die. Drew had already been champion, even though it was during COVID. Cody Rhodes is literally exactly what they always look for. And you had it and didn't take it. And for me, this was this again, God, this main event goes from Cody Rhodes winning and you are in that top tier. People talk about this match and that reaction like they talk about. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. I think this would would have been bigger. This would have been absolutely bigger than Daniel Bryan. People talk about this 
like well, the, uh, he who shall not be named at WrestleMania mm-hmm. 20. Mm-hmm. People talk about this like Rollins cashing in in terms of like, Jesus, can you end a mania any better? Instead, this is in Hogan beating Yokozuna WrestleMania 9 territory oh, of just shit. why? Right. Why? Right. Brett's right that why? This is in okay, maybe shit. Is it in freaking Hogan Sid Justice WrestleMania 8 where they have Papa Shango interfere? I don't know. Maybe it's not that bad. It no, it is but, because that was the year that it should have been Hogan versus Flair in WWE. Yeah, you had an obvious route and you didn't go with it for some reason. Yeah, it's in the and same, then you finally the get there and then you screw it up. I like still a few hours later, there is just again, it, it's not a matter of like I'm mad that I'm shocked or that I was wrong about how I thought it would go, and I'm just mad that they swerved me. Like, no, it's just it's utter befuddlement at everything screaming like here you go like this is the way to do it like what better way to end a near 1000 day reign than at Wrestlemania to a universally accepted next face of the franchise and you said no we're not gonna do that let me ask you this good luck following it up bell rings Roman Reigns pulls a Goldberg on uh, on Brock Lesnar. Big Spear. One, two, three. Would you have been more mad at that than what happened? So, WrestleMania main event, Roman just squashes Lesnar. No, Ro- Roman squashes uh, Cody Rhodes. And then the story is he wasn't ready at that point. He still got a lot to fight for, you know, that kind of thing. Like, to me, I could understand that even after 20 minutes. But the finish is a clean. I'm using quotation fingers because obviously the bloodline always needs to cheat. That's how they get their heat. Um, you know, it's but it, the, the ending makes sense to the rest of the match. Uh, I could live with that. Like I said, it was it was 30 seconds in that match that turned this from a legendary match to one of the worst matches they've ever put on a WrestleMania card, not even main event, but anywhere on the card. And that's that's saying a lot because I think Doink and Dink wrestled in a match at uh, at 10. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not sure which of those, uh, you know, if that proposed idea would have been I don't know I think what rubs so many people the wrong way is that it's just an it just feels exactly it's the logic the same no, you just the... ran the same playbook again yeah so yeah maybe I would have been less upset if he just fucking lost in a few seconds and gets you know basically Seamus Daniel Bryan at uh well the same uh mania that had uh rock and uh Cena um the yeah. the other guy that we don't like to name here Phil yeah. uh talked about WrestleMania the best way and it was around the Daniel Bryan era and it was the main event of WrestleMania should be for the guy who had the best year 
in wrestling, and it should be for the title. Whether or not they win or lose, doesn't matter. But when that guy towed the company line since returning at the past WrestleMania, declared afterwards, had some great matches with Seth Rollins, who the fact that Seth Rollins isn't even talked about in the title picture, I get that he was one of the early um, suitors against Roman Reigns, but the only guy who had a better year than Cody Rhodes, in my estimation, is Seth Rollins, outside of the bloodline. Um, but Cody was the guy until he got injured. And when he got injured, what did he do? He showed up for the match. Anybody else would have not shown up for that hell in the cell with a torn pectoral. Like, to me, that was... That was what a reward. What's that? What a reward for going through that cell match. It's like, hey, yeah, don't worry. In a, well, to in a me, I, I, I put that on the same wavelength as, as mankind getting thrown off the cell. Mankind yeah. doesn't get thrown off that cell. He doesn't become world heavyweight champion. So mm. I just, to me, the investment had been there for so long emotionally and the logic wasn't there at the end. And to me, that's what separates it, because I've seen the comparison of like, oh, this is like when Triple H beat Booker T. That was like a three to four week build, though. Yeah. Cody has been going up the card since he returned. And had amazing like, matches with like Chad Gable yeah. and uh, basically anybody he's gone in the ring with. Case in point, tonight was a legendary match with a terrible finish. Anyways, yeah, I just, to me, it's the logic. It's the logic of the that finish. It made absolutely no sense. And it was, the investment grew as that match went on. So, yeah, I just, you got me more pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can still just sit here and browse Twitter and it's just, it's just crazy to me, you know, like still. It's it's a shock, but the wrong kind of shock. Yep. In that, it's almost like an oh no, what did what did you do? Not like oh man, I can't believe it. Like no, it's a what? Why? Why would you? Why would you do that? And I don't care to know the answer. Like again, if you're gonna try to hold off on Cody winning for another year and emulate New Japan, I mean. Hey, if next year, if next year's WrestleMania is in fact Cody versus Roman two, and you somehow are able to hold off for a year and still have that type of reaction at next year's mania, fucking hats off to you. There were a lot of times where I didn't think New Japan would be able to do it. So, man, if you can go for it. Monday um, after mania, Monday after mania, Cena rock one. And Cena and Rock are in the ring again, and they say, next WrestleMania, me versus you. And it sucked. Well, there there was other factors in that, but that the fact that you knew a year before that that was going to be the main event ruined yeah. it. The fact that they made Phil drop the title to The Rock, because for some reason they thought that the second one needed a title, which it didn't. You know, right. it just... That just got stale. And I think 
The only time I've really enjoyed the bloodline was when Sammy was getting them to crack and laugh. But outside of that, the idea of the unified titles, the tag team titles and the heavyweight title, I'm done. I, outside of the whole being done with WWE, I, I haven't liked it and I don't like where this is going. I, I honestly saw in my head that Cody tomorrow would have gone on Raw and said, these should be split up. I'm going to vacate one. That way that there's two champions and he would be a hero for it. I think we could go on all night about this. I think our point is, is pretty well clear. You know, Hey, it'll be tough not to keep an eye on it at least, but good, good luck. Good luck. If it's Cody Roman at SummerSlam, if if it's the idea of like, Oh, it's going to be Jay Uso. I don't I don't think you're going to have the same fan buy-in. Um, you know, if it's a Cody Rhodes rematch at SummerSlam, I still don't think you're going to have the same level of fan buy-in. Even Cody if it's Rhodes a next year at WrestleMania. My God, about time they fucking did it. A backlash would be, you know, you know, the funny thing is it's like, okay, WrestleMania 2000, which was WrestleMania 16, uh, the fatal four wave, the McMahons in every corner. Yeah. Uh, the heel won triple H one over the rock. And then next month, The Rock did win it in what proved to be an all-time moment, thanks to Stone Cold's return. Um, are you going to try to replicate that? I uh, like no disrespect to Puerto Rico, but like even again, the idea that Cody winning at Backlash in Puerto Rico will mean more because he lost to Mania. <laughs> the idea of Cody winning at Ford Field SummerSlam will mean more because he lost more at WrestleMania. I just, I don't see it. I don't buy that. Uh, it'll be up to them to prove people wrong, but. The next mania is 40 though. Like it's that milestone, right? Well, you can't have Roman Reigns lose the titles. It's WrestleMania 40 and he's on uh, 1,200 yeah. days. So <laughs> if we hold off till WrestleMania 41, by that time he would have beaten Hogan's reign, but then we can't have him lose at WrestleMania 41 because we're halfway to Bruno. So why not just keep it going for another four years? And then after he beats Bruno, when we take Brody Lee's son away from AEW, now that he's an adult, we can have him face Roman at WrestleMania and say, hey, remember when you made me cry because you beat Cody? Well, now I'm going to beat you, but swerve, bro. Roman wins again. Sounds like a plan to me. What do you think, Paul? And they could do it, too, because he only shows up once every two weeks or three weeks. Yeah, so, and he, he puts on relatively easy matches to put on yeah. WWE style shitload of interference. I mean, yeah, he, he could wrestle till he's fucking 75 right now. No, he can't do that because Paul Heyman would be dead by then. I don't I think he's immortal personally. Paul Heyman did to the uh, Hall of Fame while he's still managing. How do you feel about that? Well, you can't have Roman Reigns lose at WrestleMania 40 being managed by Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman went into the Hall of Fame the night before in, in Philly. So you, you can't do it. I love you for this. I love you. <laughs> like, and like, I'm sorry. I find it heavily ironic that there are people on the internet to be like, bro, you gotta, it's always a Vince Russo voice. You, you gotta chill. It's, it's okay to, it's all right to, to say you didn't see it coming. It was a great surprise. It's great. It's like the constant fucking moving of the goalpost. Yet they are the same exact people where it's like, 
I, I don't even know. I'm just going on tangents at this point. Just one of the dumbest fucking decisions I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah. That's all I can say. TLDR. You're not happy with it. <laughs> oh, man. Just, uh, wow. So with that crash, we will wind things down. Um, I'm not even, will... you know what? I'm not even going to look for a, a Bobby Heenan quote because that would be disrespectful to Bobby Heenan on, on this one. Don't you dare. No, you don't look for a quote either. <laughs> the autofill was uh, if you're poor and you do something stupid, you're nuts. If yeah. you're rich and do something stupid, you're eccentric. You're eccentric. Yeah. I think so we, shout, we've out done to the, shout out to the eccentric Paul Levesque uh, <laughs> for a successful WrestleMania 39. It was in the words of Roger Millions in that amazing clip that has went around the hockey rounds about 10 years ago. Cocksucker. We were doing so well. <sighs> we'll see you soon. Everybody, at least Toogie. I hope to Where can people find you? Uh, fucking not watching WWE search. somewhere hey. else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on reddit.com slash r slash aew official i think is theirs <laughs> don't you have a reddit stream under your name i think yeah somebody made it. it it was never followed up on the thing's probably been empty for like two years mm. um god the uh the best way to end this is a quote by myself tookie 24 everywhere crash andrews you know the deal um, I would I listen Elon we've talked many times on this podcast I would pay your I think it's $10 Canadian for the blue check mark if you let us go back to requesting dormant account so I can get rid of the stupid underscore I will end this on a question Mr. Andrews Do I have to answer it or do you want to end on the question mm, It's up to you What is worse WWE inflating Roman's reign, Roman's reign, Roman's reign. I like it to a thousand days. John Cena winning and losing the WWE title consistently just to be able to tie Ric Flair. AEW's handling of Jade Cargill winning a bunch of squash matches to get to 50, you know, you could argue, Hey, Goldberg's in that conversation too. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte has like 13 women's title reigns already. She hit, she's in that Cena approach. <sighs> I'm just sad. <laughs> You're not, with the exception, with the exception, and we're just going to keep this going. I don't even give a fuck. With the exception of like the Undertaker retiring, you know, via Roman Reigns. You're not supposed to be sad at the end of a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a retirement. Taker, Sean, LOL retirements for both of them, right? You're not supposed to be bummed out at the end of a WrestleMania. That's not the point of wrestling. No, it's, it's the feel-good. It's the feel-good end of the wrestling season. It's the Super Bowl. 
you know, there's fans on both sides. One, one fan is going to be mad with the other fans going to be happy, but there is a big payoff at the end of it. And again, we got insulted tonight. We'll see you all soon. Um, good luck to the WWE. Good luck in, you know, keeping up momentum. You'll continue to make money hand over fist. Uh, but from a creative standpoint, we'll see. Uh, and honestly, if you, if you, it's the feeling of they continue to fall upward because they have made some pretty questionable booking decisions as of late. Yet they, uh, Continue to do well. I got nothing to add. Hall of Fame was decent. Conan was cool. Um, the best line coming out of the Hall of Fame was uh, Lance Storm. That. Uh, oh my God! What's her name? Stacy. The legs. Huh? Stacy. Stacy Keebler. Stacy Keebler. Stacy Keebler aged poorly. Because she looks amazing. She looks like she hasn't aged at all. She didn't do it correctly. Your Lance Storm quote of the show. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>